Welcome to the Calyrex Game Corner's Pokemon D&D campaign, featuring Cindy, a young vagabond from the Hoenn region with pyromaniac tendencies, Gimli, a stocky, burly miner from Sinnoh looking for his lost son, Elodie, an enthusiastic foodie and baker from Kalos, and Schmidt, an enigmatic man from Johto with a duck. My name is Rich, and I'm the Game Master, and this is Dunsparce and Drampa. Good morning! The party awakens at a new day at the rest stop that is on the sooty route that is right before Fall Arbor Town. They are awoken to the smell of breakfast. It's great. Ooh. There is fresh fruit. There is uh, assorted breakfast meats. There is a variety of eggs. There is some bread and pastry products. And they are encouraged to eat up to their heart's content. Lovely. There are also little uh, little bowls full of Pokemon food organized by type. Apparently that's important when you're making Pokemon food. The color coordinated. And uh, you're a gracious host. Make sure that you know that you are welcome to everything at this little bed and breakfast. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Incredible. She says, my pleasure. I love having visitors. So you can enjoy your little meal. You can have a discussion if you like. Symmetra still with you, of course. It's the whole party. Is solely still uh, suffering from exhaustion. Are you going to check in with her in the morning? Yes. Yeah. Do give me a d20. Seventeen. Soli is feeling fine. She had to take a day or so to rest, but she is back to fighting fit. Perfect. Yeah, riding a lighting a teammate on fire must be really refreshing. <laughs> so Cindy, Cindy turns to Schmidt and is like, "I am so sorry." Are you? Yes. Are you? Very sorry. Why'd you do it? I used fire. To control problems that I otherwise can't control. And I'm a problem? You know what? Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> bad, bad answer. Bad answer. Bad answer. Calvin <laughs> was being a problem. Calvin was being a problem, and I tried to hit him, and it also hit you, and I'm sorry. You know what? I think it's very big of you to apologize. I will accept it this once. Thanks. Soli, do you want to say sorry? <laughs> I like push Sol- Soli. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to look at Soli and I'm going to say, guys. I know it's not your fault. <laughs> Very sweet. Uh, be sure that you mark on Cindy's sheet Schmidt apology counter. Checked off. There's no more left. Uh, Will do. You are exhausted of Schmidt apologies. You can't get any more. No, I'm kidding. How yeah. many Schmidt apologies do we get per long rest? Uh, <laughs> apparently one. <laughs> yeah, it's a very unique resource. You have to be really careful about managing it. So yeah, you enjoy your breakfast. You uh, have a bit of a reconciliation between the combat mistakes or decisions that were made. What is the next step for the Quacko Paco? Should we put on disguises going into Fall Arbor? I feel like that's a little extra. Okay. I feel like just our actions have consequences and just buck it up and 
take it. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Great. Is that the plan? Yep. Go okay. to Fall Arbor. Yeah. Go to Fall Arbor. Yeah. You will leave your lodging. It is a nice, refreshing morning. Uh, the sun is out high in the sky, but in front of the sun, or in between you and the sunlight, is still just constantly, gently falling soot. It seems like this route is just where all of it happens to fall, which makes sense based on the topography, the geography of the landscape, and how the winds in this part of the region tend to blow north. Uh, there's only one way to go that is novel to you. You are still surrounded by cliffy, rocky faces to the north and to the south, so you will be going west. Um... Give me someone roll a d20 and add their wisdom to it. Sure. Uh, 13. Okay. Yeah. That wisdom was a perception check. I was just curious about what you'd be seeing. Um, off in the distance, you can see, I want to say the skyline, but it's not really a skyline. Just like, you know, you can see in the distance a town for sure is ahead of you. Probably about like a mile, mile and a half away. Um, before you get there, you find yourself at some sort of ranch or farm. As was noticed before, this region that of Hoenn that you're in is unusually lush. Uh, something to do with the volcanic soil is full of nutrients, and plants seem to do really, really well here. And it seems like some people who live in this area are doing their best to, make, to take advantage of it. As you're walking towards the town, you stumble across a farm that stretches along the route. Uh, it's pretty impossible to avoid and you just start, end up walking straight through it there are plants growing in the soil and they are large and round and there's a little farmhouse down the way and there's a sign in front of it that you cannot yet read okay <laughs> very cool very cool <laughs> i just don't have much to add to that yeah that's that's fair as you all continue down the route, uh, you get close to the farmhouse, and there is a creature that is making a characteristic ah! sound, and it seems delighted, and it is running up towards you. It is small and round and white and fluffy, and it is particularly interested in Cindy. It loves Cindy. Uh, this little yeah. white Pokemon with cute horizontal pupils in their eyes runs up to Cindy's feet and runs in a circle and makes a constant bleeding ah! sound. Hi, little buddy. I pet it. Can little, I pet it? Yeah, go for it. Um, roll Pokemon handling. Uh, dirty 21. Yeah, uh, this little creature is all about it. They're making constant little ah! sounds, and off in the distance you hear a woman's voice say, Wait, cup, slow down, come back, don't disturb these people. And you see a woman approach you. Uh, she's in a little straw hat, and she's got some denim overalls and a plaid shirt underneath, and she's wearing work boots, and she's holding a pitchfork. And she rushes up to you all out of breath, and she says, Oh, I, I'm so sorry, my little friend Cup here gets really excited when she meets new people. You're totally fine. She, I pet her, pet her somewhere. <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah, Cup is having an excellent time. The farmer says, my name is Gretel. Well, welcome to my ranch. I'm assuming that you're all trainers, right? Right. Yeah. She says, uh, I didn't intend for this location to be so st st uh, strategic with all these trainers coming to and from this route, but uh, I've been working on this crop 
and it uh, there's been a lot of scientific research going on with it and it's got huge potential for pokemon trainers and if you let me give you a little pitch i'd like to try and sell it to you okay i'd love to hear it she says all right if you see in these little soil fields which cup help, helps me till uh you see these large orbular fruits uh-huh it's true. They are large and round, and they look kind of like melons or like squashes or something like that. She says, well, for one, I've yet to name this variety of subspecies. I've only started growing it for probably a couple months now, but it has some profound effects. L- let me tell you what I've seen. So uh, some Pokemon, especially Yunnans, really like to carry this around, and they have a really good time when they do so. And trainers have reported that they tend to gain experience incredibly fast, and they become much more powerful much more quickly. Uh, We're still trying to get to the bottom of this, but I've written some notes, and she pulls out a notebook, and she says, this is what the scientists gave to me. They're from, what what was it called? Uh, uh, Right of Learning? Right of Learning, yeah. I was going to say, like, Understanding Organization or something. Yeah, Right of Learning. They're doing lots of research on these guys, and they're calling them XP Gourds, and uh, I think that's a little boring, and if you trainers can think of better names for them, uh, let me know. But anyways, I would love to give you a free sample, and if you want to come back and purchase some more, they're pretty rare at the moment, but I'd be happy to sell them to you. That sounds great. Yeah. She says great, and she holds one out. Who will take it? I'll take it. Okay. You take it. Okay. Uh, Schmidt is going to, uh, being a business guy himself, he is going to comment on her uh, sales pitch. Uh-huh. He's just going to say that, like, uh, yeah, you could, like, he just starts giving notes about it. Like, uh, you need to have a little yeah, more yeah. confidence in your information that you're giving out. Um, make some bit more eye contact. Da, da, da. Yeah. Gretel says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just a farmer. I'm just a rancher. I, I, I'm not very good at these business kind of things, but I like to help out trainers when I see them. And Cup goes, bah! Um I let her know that I grew up on a farm. Oh. Gret- I grew up on the berry farm. The We haven't named this berry farm farm. <laughs> <laughs> you should have a name figured out. It's the only one. Don't worry it's about the, it. It's the only berry it's farm. The- the berry farm the one outside of Moville. when you say the berry farm gretel's like oh i know that one that's the berry master's farm right yes they're my grandparents she says yeah of course i got a jar of those berries right inside of my home here i use them for tea they're great Mm -hmm. oh you ever make a fresh cherry berry pie there's nothing like it all the time it'll leave you stunned good okay (laughs) <laughs> um doesn't cherry take away the it does okay, yeah. okay. that's uh, why it leaves the stun yeah uh-huh. it leaves mm-hmm. uh you observe that all around where these gourds are popping out of the ground there's a little hoof footprints all around them it seems like cup has been very busy making sure the soil is tilled and that the fresh volcanic soil that falls from the sky gets mixed in uh cup seems like a very very hard worker and gretel is currently attempting to pull her off of cindy will it be <laughs> successful it will not uh gretel says come on cup this is enough time and we gotta leave these trainers alone they're on a very important mission and cup goes bah! and doesn't want to leave cindy alone Oh, I, asked I... If... oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, can I pull a reverse maneuver and try to pull Cindy off a cup? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roll me either strength or dex. Uh, uh, you tell me. 
Uh, do strength or dex? Do that's strength. Strength is funnier. Yeah, that's a thirteen with strength. Okay. Um, combined with Gretel's fairly not great role, that will be enough to separate the two. And there's an audible pop as uh, their their connection, their their shared love is uh, torn <laughs> torn asunder as um, Cup is, is, is is bleeding and staring at Cindy and just just really wants more affection. But it, you know, Gretel and Schmidt both realize that. These are busy people with busy things to do. Can I buy a, a gourd before we go? Yes, absolutely. Now, as I said, they're pretty rare, so I'm selling them for 50 a pop. That is fine. Yeah. I hand her 50 pokey money. Great. You get one. Uh, does anyone... I'd also like to buy one. She says, absolutely. And you Let's make go. the transaction. Um. <laughs> I hand it immediately to uh, Larvastar in my backpack. Perfect. Larvastar holds on to it and enjoys it very much. You can see that it's just this little spherical fruit. Doesn't particularly look edible. It has a kind of a hard carapace, but it has an energy to it. And it just seems like a little Larvastar is just all about it. Um, allow me to be clear. Gretel doesn't necessarily know all the implications of this item, but I, as the DM, want you all to be aware. I will copy and paste this into the server, but I will read it to you for now. These are EXP gourds. They are a held item. If your Pokemon is holding this, they cannot hold any other items. When held by a Pokemon that is of lower level than the trainer's most powerful, they rapidly gain experience while in combat or completing skill-based tasks until they have met the level of the trainer's strongest. A Pokemon holding an XP Gourd will not have the opportunity to learn moves as they rapidly level up, but will have access to them upon leveling up without the XP Gourd for the first time. There are two scenarios where a Pokemon holding an EXP Gourd will stop gaining experience. The first is if the Pokemon has met the highest level in the party. The second is if the Pokemon is at the cusp of a level-based evolution. The Pokemon will not enjoy holding it until they are either A, allowed to evolve through normal means, or B, are given an Everstone. Does that make enough sense? Yes. So basically, the, if they don't enjoy holding it, then it's an indicator. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. That's how it works, as long as everyone's okay. aware. That's neat. Okay. And this does this fruit go? Does it go bad? Does it expire? It's just a gourd. Uh, it's just a gourd. It's like it's like a pumpkin kind of. Yeah, but it's I'm like. Sorry, a, like it doesn't like so you can exchange this between like to other Pokemon and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It doesn't have to be assigned to one. Okay, it's like a, a held item essentially. It is a yeah. held item, and we will just. It would be lame if it went bad, so we'll just say it works. They keep really well. Yeah, they're good. They're they're not for eating really. They they're they're for they're their. For say that again. They're just for holding. Yeah, they're for holding. Exactly. Good old holding gourd. They're so snuggly. <laughs> Gretel says. You ever want to just like snuggle a gourd? Sorry. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. they're very cuddleable. Gretel says, "Since I'm selling these, if you trainers enjoy them and can think of any better names for them, let me know. And then before they hit the mass market, we'll make sure that we we put your name on it. All right." Intent. Gotcha. Gretel picks up cup, and they both wave earnestly at the party, and they say, "Good luck on your travels. We hope to see you again soon." And cup goes back. And you're welcome to be on your way. Do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You are on the outskirts of Fall Arbor Town. On the other side of this farm, which stretches for about half a mile or so, uh, you're approaching the city, or I should say town. It's not quite a city. 
Uh, it's not particularly developed. There are basic cobblestone roads. There are some lampposts and whatnot, but it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of people who live here necessarily. As you're approaching, it says, Welcome to Fall Arbor Town. And there is a little poster that is appended to the sign. And it shows a little symbol. It's it's like a circle that has a sharp shape in the middle. And there's red text and it says, watch out for the ninja kids. Look at the sign and I say, no shit. <laughs> Never uh, would have known that without the sign. <laughs> so they vandalized their own town sign. So, welcome to Fall Arbor. Hearing the commotion of Schmidt acknowledging the sign, um, a resident, a middle-aged man, runs up to the party, and they say, Travelers, did you encounter the ninja children? Did we ever. Oh, boy. They say, I imagine Schmidt still has, like, some visible, like, leftovers of the burn on him. Sure, do you show him? Yeah. The old man gasps. He says, <gasps> Did the ninja kids do that to you? That's the worst injury I've ever seen from them. Cindy hides behind Gimli. <laughs> um, they were involved. <laughs> they didn't. They were involved. Uh, this was just kind of a crossfire between a couple of other things happening. Yeah. The middle-aged man says, "Trainers, I am so sorry. Please accept this as my apology." And he hands each of you a a revive. A little diamond crystal thing that you can add to your inventory that will help you revive a fallen Pokemon. Uh, Schmidt is going to say, oh, this is so nice. You don't have to do this, but he's actively going to take it out of his hands. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yes, we really appreciate it. Thank you. The, the old man says, you're so welcome. I, we have lots of trainers coming through here, especially since the Marvel gym temporarily is here, and they, they keep getting ambushed by these kids, and they're just uncontrollable. There's nothing we can do about them. Apparently, they found a new leader, and, and now they're causing all sorts of mischief, laying traps and ambushing people and mugging them, so we're so sorry you had to go through that. May I recommend that if, when you're done with your business here, you can travel down through Meteor Falls towards a Respiro, perhaps? That is the plan. Thank you. He says, very well, I'll, I'll leave you alone. I'm, I'm sorry about your injuries, and I hope you enjoy your stay in Fall Arbor Town. I'm sure we will. Thank you. You've entered the town. It's a little bit larger than Lava Ridge. Key points that you can see are the iconic Pokemon Center and Pokemon Mart. They are in every town in Hoenn, and they are here as well. There's a rather large building in the center of town, and it says the Fall Arbor Town Performance Center. It is very regal, and there's like red ribbons around it, or I shouldn't say ribbons, they're like curtains. Uh, it looks like a very fancy place with events that happen there. Um, there's a poster on the wall that is a little out of the way, but if you wanted to go up and approach it, you could read it. Uh, there is a residential area. Uh, there are lots of little homes, very kind of rustic. They all have slanted roofs. Having a flat roof would kind of be a bad call in this town. Uh, there is one house that is particularly interesting. It has a really unique color pattern. It is diagonally red and blue striped. A very precious large door. There's a little pool in the front. And there's a garden as well. Um, it seems like a very good homestead. And there's a little sign in front of that house as well. Towards the end of town, uh, you can start to see there are little contusions in the ground. There are little circle-y shaped, uh, what you call it? Um, growths is the wrong word, but the topography here, yeah, craters. We'll just call them craters. Mound? 
yeah mounds uh i think crater is definitely the right word i wanted to be more ambiguous but there are lots of craters around here who, who knows what's created them but there are little pockets little holes in the earth around this town towards the more the more western parts uh one last key building that you see seems like something that would be very interesting to gimli it looks quite like a mine shaft but it seems like it has had a lot of commercial use perhaps there is a big sign on the top of it that says the Fallville Crawlway, and there are trainers that are gathered outside of it. That is big hole. <laughs> that is uh, more or less what's happening in Fall Arbor Town. Does anything particularly interest the Quackapaka? Not a rush, but I want to see the big hole. Excellent. Did you say the big hole was on the far end of town? Yes. Because yeah. I want to read the signs on, like, the fancy yeah. crazy house and the place with the, the curtains. Like I said, not in a rush. But the performing art poster. Well. Time for contests, huh? Maybe. Mm. Where does the party go? What does the party do? What's interesting? So what are we thinking? Performing arts center first? So we can also go to the mart and try to Schmidt haggle. Is follow along with whatever, but he is milking his injury so much, so every time he moves, he's just like, mm. ah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Schmidt, is anyone you want to go first? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so, performing arts. Sure, sounds good. Yeah. Great. You approach the big building in the center of town. You walk past the Pokemon Center because you don't really need it. You had a good night's rest. It'll be there when you do need it, but as of right now, you're more curious about the attractions that Fall Arbor has to offer. Um, there's a big sign on the top that has those kind of classic Broadway lights, and it says Fall Arbor Performing Arts Center, and there's a poster in the window in the front that is next to like a little box office booth that has the classic glass panels and like little hole that you like slide the tickets through. Um, it says now presenting the Duford dancers and there's a poster that shows a ballerina and apparently that is the event that is in-house tonight you guys want to see a dance show i think one of us has a pokemon that likes dancing that could be fun yeah probably it is true that they have a performance tonight it seems to be the last one there's a little schedule that shows that tomorrow will be the Moss Deep Ice Skaters, the figure skaters. They'll be in tomorrow. And then the next day is going to be the normal rank Pokemon contests. That is the schedule for this weekend at Fall Arbor Town. The building's currently closed because it's morning, but I'm sure if you checked back in, maybe you'll get tickets if you wanted. Very cool. I want to see the sign on the crazy looking house. We can check that out. Like well, it has idea. like the, di the diagonal stripes or whatever. Crazy house? Yeah. Just to yeah. see like what, what the sign says. See if it's worth visiting. The party approaches the very vibrant house. It is definitely the most standout in this neighborhood. All the other ones seem pretty plain, pretty residential. But this one, whoever's living here is taking great pride in how they present it. Uh, again, it is painted with diagonal red and blue stripes. In front, there's a pool and a little garden, and there's a chain-link fence. Um, and you notice that there is a, a something. There is a creature of some sort that has it, part of its body stuck in the fence. The sign in the front says, Welcome to the home. 
of Archibald and Maximilian. Who's stuck in the fence? Do you check it out? Yes. Um, roll me, roll me uh, investigation. Thirteen. Thirteen. Um, there's a quadrupedal Pokemon. Uh, it looks oddly familiar, but you've never seen it exactly before. Uh, it has a tannish kind of pattern to it, and it has a lump on its back that's got a little bit of green. And this, there's a hole at the top of its back. Who knows what that's used for? Um, it has a very charming, humble, and innocent face. And it is sticking out of the fence, looking up at you. And it goes, oh, and it seems like it has gotten itself in a situation that it doesn't want to be in. I first pet him to try to let him know that, like, I'm going to help him out. Okay. Give me Pokemon handling for that. Uh, dirty 21. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. Yeah. Um, as your hand reaches out, there is a jet of steam that erupts from its back. But it seems like that as you make contact and stroke it, it starts to relax a little bit. Um, it's put its head through the fence and it doesn't know how to get it back out. What is your method here? What are you thinking? For clarity, you are outside of the fence. On the inside of the fence, there's a garden and the access to the home. And its head is poking out towards you. Its body's on the other side. Okay. Well, I'm assuming he lives here if his head is stuck in the fence coming this way. Perhaps. So I try to, like, not, like, strength it, but, like, maneuver it. Like, maybe he's trying to pull it back out in an angle that it's not going to work. Yeah. You, yeah. You can give me, uh, give me a dex for that, I suppose, if you want to try. Oh, no. Well, it's pretty dexterous. Uh, that's a five. That's a five, yeah. Cindy pushes her hands into the chain link fence a little bit and tries to nudge this Pokemon's head back out, but that is not how this Pokemon's neck works. It gets, it just does, doesn't want to move, and it starts to get frustrated again. It goes, oh, and there is smoke slowly starting to billow out of it, the hole in its back, and uh, it is starting to draw some attention. Oh, buddy, no. Is his name Maximilian? The Archibald Maximilian were the names on the, on the sign. sign. Yes, that is correct. I I say the names until it either responds to one of them or doesn't. Okay. Are you Archibald? Are you Maximilian? As Cindy asks what this little creature's name is, uh, the door to this estate opens up, and there is a very tall, dark-skinned, muscular man, and he steps out. He's wearing a full uniform of like a blue sailor's outfit. Uh, and he says, that little fella's neither. That's our boy, Edward. Getting stuck in the fence again. What are you doing? And uh, Aww, there's a, Edward. this big man comes up and he says, he does this every day and he always messes with the garden. And then another man exits from the house. Uh, he is a, a small, thin man with fair skin and glasses. He's a little wrinkly. Looks like he's kind of been through a lot. And he says, Archie, don't be so rude to Edward. He just doesn't know. He doesn't have very good vision. Archie says, come here, you rascal. Come here, Edward. And he's big. He got these huge biceps and these arms. He just starts yanking on Edward. And Edward goes, and he's like, not, it's not working. He needs help. I don't know how to help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the five of you stand around watching Edward scream as a large muscular sailor man is pulling him through a fence and it's just not working. <laughs> Do you need help? Is there any way we can help you here? We heat up the fence so it uh, is more malleable. Well, while he pulls, you need to be heating up anything. <laughs> no, well, it's clearly a new Mel who is a fire type. So uh... stop it. I There's think I know what I'm doing. Next to it, 
We yeah, need to have a very serious sit down with Cindy. Yes, we fire. do. Oh, 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 I know who can heat it up safely. I send out Cookie. Uh huh. And have Cookie touch the fence near Numel so he can come out. Okay. Give me like a, a nature with plus 10 for Cookie. That's <laughs> a nat one, Chief. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Cookie reaches out a goopy hand and places it on the chain link fence where Numel is stuck. You've correctly identified that it is a Numel. Um, and it heats up the fence, but it's not quite enough to uh, let Edward slip through. However, Edward kind of like digs it. Edward's like, all right, off fence. Yeah, let's go. But is uh, not not excited by it. Someone else is ex- excited by this commotion. The small thin man who is standing in the doorway, who is wearing a, a, a red outfit, um, walks forward and his eyes are big. He adjusts his glasses and he looks at Cookie and he says, my goodness, what is this thing? And he runs up towards it um, and he's inspecting Cookie very, very closely. He says, I've never seen a creature like this before. It's a uh, Sligoo. He looks at Cindy quizzically, he says, Sligoo? I've seen Sligoo. They're they're from the Collis region. They look nothing like this. He inspects well, very carefully. This is one from this region. This man says, "You must tell me where did you find it." Well, I found it a while ago as a Gumi, and then we went into this hot cave, and it became a Sligoo. By the way, while this conversation is happening, uh, Archie is still pulling on Edward, and Edward's going just nonstop. Uh, it's a Aww. little distracting at this moment. Uh, the man with the glasses turns to the strong sailing man and says, I think you need some help here. Let me help you. And, and Archibald says, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. Me and Edward were besties. And he just keeps yanking Edward. And it's just a mess. Maximilian turns back to Cindy and he says, well, that is incredibly fascinating. If I I knew that Gumi sometimes appeared in this region, but I've never seen a Sligu that looks like this. This is amazing. This is incredible. Um, And he, he reaches out his hand over the fence. He says, you mind if, if, if I touch it? Uh, she is warm, but of course. Okay. He will reach out and go for Pokemon handling. He's reaching around Edward and Archie, who are just having a really tough time making this happen. Uh, yeah, he, he, he rolls sufficiently well where Cookie will not scald him. And he says, this is, this is incredible. I, I must say, uh, once we get this situation with Edward figured out, we must have you inside. We must have a visit. Of course. So what can we do to help? <laughs> uh, Archie is just tugging on Edward and Edward is just screaming and Archie says, not that I've got this. I've done this a million times. Don't worry about me. And uh, Maxie says, no, no, this this will not do. This is not okay. Uh, Chompers come here and from inside the house comes a blue and red fish uh, with yellow fins. And he points at the fence and he says, Chompers, we're going to need your help with this. And Chompers goes back, 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 like an angry, bitey fish would, and goes directly to the fence and makes a check for biting through the chain links and succeeds. Edward is freed, and with all of the power that Archie was using to pull him backwards, uh, he flies in the air for a little bit, and then Archie realizes what he's done, and he turns around, and he quickly tries to catch it, and he fails. Edward is, Edward is falling from about 15 feet in the sky. Uh, someone who is brave is maybe able take. to take to take a reaction to catch Edward. Athletics, go! Or, or dexterous man. 
yeah also take a stab at it sure a- anyone you can roll uh, either athletics or acrobatics to try and receive edward before he falls to the ground 18 and then we all collide uh, 19 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 19 I- but schmidt also like reopens an injury <laughs> i mean if <laughs> if you want that to happen i suppose you can schmidt and gimli are both eager to save this poor little numel who is falling right now they arrive at the same time and schmidt kind of feels a little twinge as part of his burnt skin feels like it was pulled in an unfortunate way however they arrive at edward and catch him just before hitting the ground each of them with one hand they are both holding onto edward with uh schmidt is using his right hand and Ginley is using his left and the two men who you've just met archibald and maximilian turn around and they look at the lean man and they look at the stout man who's also very muscular and they look at each other and they say oh they kind of remind me of us don't they oh god and maximilian (laughs) says yeah you know what they do i think they'd be great together and they just kind of are admiring you guys as, as you hold on to edward it is at this moment that uh, we'll just call him Archie for short, because apparently that is his pet name that is used by his partner here, Maxie. Um, <laughs> he says, well, stop standing around and gawking. Let's go inside. I got to talk, talk with you all. You help save Edward. We love that. Sounds good. Do you put Edward down? Yes. All right. <laughs> Do you know who they are yet? Did you figure it out yet? Yeah. Am I supposed to? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just having a great time. It's fine. It's fine. What's funny? Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Yeah. Don't tell her. No, I have no idea what's going on. Okay. My God. As Schmidt and Gimli simultaneously put down Edward, um, the Carvana that was sent out to help rushes over to the side and starts uh, tending to Numel's neck. And like licking its wounds. It seems like they are good friends. Archibald and Maximilian take you inside their homestead. They have a glorious foyer. Uh, They have a very lovely chandelier hanging from the ceiling. It's got elements of blue and red throughout it. It is very, very nice. Um, They have some very fine artwork. There are some sculptures. There are some paintings on the wall. Um, It seems like there is some trends here. There is kind of an arboreal kind of earthy take to a lot of the decoration. Uh, It seems like someone who lives in this house is very fond of gardening and uh, tending to soil and plants and things of the like Um, and sunshine. There's a lot of bright colors happening and someone else who lives in this house is very nautical. They, there are, um, there's a ship in a bottle that is on a mantle above a fireplace. There is uh, just a portrait of Wingles standing on a dock and together their aesthetics combine very, very nicely. Archie wanders into the kitchen, which is connected to the foyer, and he says, please, everyone, take a seat. Take a seat in the grand room. We'd love to have a chat with you. And uh, there is, in fact, a grand room with very large couches. Um, there is a television and a large like coffee table with some, some books on it. Do you all follow his instruction? Take a seat. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Are they the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the gay? Yeah. <laughs> um, that means Archie probably knows my parents. Oh, he might, huh? Anywho, 
Archie's in the kitchen assembling something. You hear dishes clatter and he actually drops one and it smashes. He says, oh, oh, my goodness, I need to get the broom and heavy footsteps walk out of the room as uh, as he wanders out. Um, the the slender older man sits down with you all. and He sits next to Cindy and he just kind of looks at Cindy. And he's just still amazed. There's a look of, of, of amazement on his face. And he says, uh, is, is Cookie still out? Uh, I guess so. I didn't have any like particular reason to return her. Sure. Yeah, she's vibing, and he he just loves her. He thinks that uh, she is so cool and interesting. There is a very unique little centerpiece on top of this coffee table. Uh, let's get let's get someone whoever wants to to roll either a history or religion check on it. Yo, I got this. Because for some reason, as a Jotonian, I am proficient in history. Very cool. <laughs> of this particular region's history. <laughs> yep. Uh, that is a good old-fashioned 16. Yeah, that's certainly good enough. It's true. The people of the Johto culture try to stay in tune with world affairs. They've always had to as neighboring residents to Kanto. It's just diplomacy is part of their nature. Schmidt observes this sculpture centerpiece on this coffee table, and it's brilliant. It is made of a, both blue and red gemstone. There is a leviathan lizard-like creature that is menacing and roaring and is staring up at a fishy whale-like creature that looks very serene, but also focused and angry. And it seems to be depicting something that happened in the Hoenn region 15 years prior. Can I get a perception from Elodie specifically, just because I want Elodie to do something? Mm. <laughs> that one. That one. Elodie doesn't see shit. Okay. Great. Elodie goes blind temporarily. Yeah. Uh, Elodie's not really paying attention to anything. So uh, you can hear the sounds of a broom sweeping up. And Maxie turns to you all and he says, Well, welcome to our home. My name is Maxie. My partner over here is Archie. Uh, we've lived in Fall Arbor now for a good uh, over 10 years, right? And Archie in the kitchen is like, Yeah, it's been 13. Maxie says, Yes, 13 years. We've been here together. We've been having a great time. Um, I'm assuming you're all trainers. You have powerful Pokemon among you. And he looks at Cookie and he says, what are all of your names? Please introduce yourself. I'm Gimli. Hello. <laughs> he says, hello, Gimli. Hey. Welcome. I'm Schmidt. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Just had some injuries the other day. Uh, Maxi observes Schmidt and he's going to make a roll. He says, oh, my goodness, boy, are you burnt? Uh, just a little bit, you know, not a not a huge deal. He says, here, just a, just a little set on fire the other day. He says, I have plenty of experience of being caught on fire. Let, let me get you something. And he uh, gets up very quickly and he rushes over to a small little half bathroom and it files through like a little medicine cabinet. And he brings out uh, a, a three leafed little plant and he hands it to you and he says, here, j just just crush this on top of where it hurts and you'll feel better in no time. Okay, thank you. Uh, are you going to do that right now, or are you going to wait? Uh, yeah, I'll start doing it right now. Roll a medicine. Roll a medicine. No space stuff of wisdom. Which is a two. <laughs> it was a one on the die, and it's a plus one to wisdom, so it's a two. Okay. Check. Yeah. 
Um, the instruction was to crush the plant onto where it hurts, and Schmidt might have taken it like done done the crushing part more into the body rather than like you know softening up the plant first. And he just kind of smacks it into his burn, and it just stings. Uh, <laughs> it makes it worse. Yeah, it doesn't make it worse. After a few moments, there's a bit there's a sense of like relief, but uh, it was not applied properly, and it, it definitely hurt for, for quite a bit. Uh, he's gonna need to keep it there for a while to to really get it healed, but um. Maxie thinks this is a little funny. This is a little funny, but uh, he says, and the two of you, would you please introduce yourselves? Oh, I'm Elodie. I'm Cindy. He says, well met to all of you. We're very happy to have guests. We don't have guests here very often, so very pleased. Were you around for the eruption that happened the other day? Yeah. We actually in the middle of it. The we didn't cause it at all, though. No. We <laughs> stopped totally it. Not our fault. We stopped it. You might have seen us on the news. It's a natural volcano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maxie says, "I'm not one for watching the news, but I did see in the paper." And he pulls out a little newspaper. It says the Fall Arbor Times. Um, and there is a photograph of Lava Ridge from above, and there is a crowd that is gathered outside of the Pokemon Center, and there are like rock walls that are constructed everywhere, and there are four people that are standing in front of some microphones, but it's quite zoomed out. Um, he he purveys the the head the the caption to the photograph, and he says, uh, "Quacko Paco, you, you're telling me that you four were involved in this? We, we are, are the Quacko Paco." Maxi dramatically takes off his glasses. He says, my goodness, Archie, we have heroes in our home. And uh, Archie is very rushed. And he's like, I- I- I'm sorry, I'm just cleaning up this mess. I'll-, I'll come out with drinks in just a minute. And you can hear the sound of a broom uh, sweeping up some porcelain. And he steps on something and there's a crash. He says, oh, no, not again. And uh, it's it's a mess in there. What a gay disaster. Oh, do you need like, help in there? Or... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh. Maxi in- intercepts his response and says, he'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> Maxi says, I used to spend quite a bit of time in Lava Ridge. Uh, I had an organization back in the day, and we found that Mount Chimney was an excellent place to conduct research. Did you get to explore Mount Chimney at all before it erupted? We did. <laughs> a little bit. You know, bit. As, as one does. I feel like... Just stepping out of the game for a second. As a party, we need to react appropriately to this. Because I know we as people understand this is the guy that was in the party. I just don't feel like we're reacting appropriately to this guy just told us he conducted research on Mount Chimney and there's a research lab in Mount Chimney that did bad things. If we act suspicious, he'll get suspicious. Do we care? But they've been so nice. Well, they were I mean, it was facility, but they, they weren't like the people that did it. They've been just in Fall Arbor for 13 years. The reason right, but I'm just saying the party at the time doesn't know that. No, we do. Well, they've been there for a long time and the research was conducted. We have timestamp dates on those videos. Oh, yeah. Like, do we know about... Well, yeah, Cindy I think like, I don't know. Would we make that connection? Can Cindy roll history? Anyone can roll history. Cindy gets Cindy advantage. Cindy gets that one. Okay, yes. Oh, you said advantage? Yes. Okay, let's give that another roll. Uh, that's Two. a six. Oh, okay. You need to warm those dice up, man. <laughs> yeah, there's I rolled so good. 
Get a couple pre-rolls so you get... Wait, history? Yeah, no, that's... No, that's... That is a six. I thought it could have been higher. Yeah, it's a six. Okay. Anyone else want to roll history? I did, and I got a six also, so... Uh, Indy knows I'm nothing, three. even All though right, her history, parents... Man, proficient history is going to make a roll. <laughs> An 11? Not great, but better than everyone yeah, else, I, I guess. So. Okay, yeah, it's the, the recollection's just not happening. If Cindy can't do it, then uh, maybe it'll come up in conversation. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? You know what? I'm going to say Schmidt is suspicious off his 11. He doesn't know why, but he just is. Give me a perception, Schmidt. Rolling perception. Do, do, that's a 12. Okay. Um, behind you, there are two tapestries on the wall. Uh, one is red and one is blue. And the red one looks strangely familiar to something that you've seen just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Does the blue one look familiar too? Because we saw a sticker in my parents' locker. Well. That may or may not have been I, similar. Yeah, it might. Uh, we can have oh, okay. Cindy roll on that, and I will give you another plus ten to that. Is what is it? History or perception? I'm going to say perception because you haven't actually, actually like seen it yet. It's a nat twenty. That's a nat twenty. Yeah, Cindy turns her head around and she sees a big old like flag on the wall, and it is the Team Aqua logo. Maxie hasn't observed that you guys are. You know, a lot of this discussion was above table in character. But uh, he doesn't think that your brains are running a mile a minute at the moment. He is just listening to your story. And he's like looking at the paper. He's like, oh, so that's that's you. That's all. That's very incredible. You were right there. You you saved the town, I understand. And he's he's just very curious. He's asking more questions. Archie finally gets his act together and he walks in with a big old platter. Um, there is a tea kettle and lots of cups. And there are lots of little treats. Um, there are some that look like little uh mm, uh what do they call the what do they call the cookies with the impression and then you put like either like chocolate or like a jam in it or something thumbprint thumbprint cookies cookies. yeah he comes forward with a bunch of thumbprint cookies uh but they're like kind of tall and the hole in them is very deep and they are filled with like a candy jam and he also comes through with uh, some like triangular, vaguely triangular shards of like a dried fruit. Um, and it looks like very appetizing little tea snacks. And he sets it down on the coffee table with the sculpture on. It. And he says, would anyone like some treats? Absolutely. He's really fantastic. Thank you. He says, my pleasure. Maxi baked these last night. And Maxie says, yes, my, my specialty are these camera tumps. And that's what he refers to the thumbprint cookies as. And Archie says, I worked really hard on, on, on these Sharpedo fins, which I just let sit out in a jar in the sun yesterday all day. They, they turned out great. Anyways, they're all sitting down. They're all kind of looking at you. And Maxie is just, he just isn't understanding. He says, so the four of you were in Lava Ridge for the Mount Chimney eruption and you helped to put a stop to it? Yeah, I built well, all those walls. Uh, <laughs> I Schmitt's fought fire gonna, with fire. Schmidt's gonna interject and like, well, that's enough about us. Tell me about you. I'm super curious. How did you two meet? <laughs> uh, Maxi kind of like chokes on his tea a little bit, and you can see, and he looks over at Archie in a in a very iconic <laughs> kind of way, yeah. and uh, Archie is just drinking a water bottle. And he looks at Maxie and he misinterprets the look. 
And he says, what? I don't want tea. You know, I'm a water guy. And uh, Maxie says, well, it's a bit of a long story. We uh, we didn't always get along so well. We in fact, we used to be rivals, but something something very big happened in our lives. And we found out that we get along very well together. And, and once we left those occupations that we had, we found out that we could have a very pleasant domestic life, making treats and gardening in the garden. And I had saved up enough for retirement. My business, when I had it, was quite lucrative. And here we are just sharing out the rest of our days together. And Archie, like, downs the bottle of water in, like, three chugs. And he says, that's right. Me and Maxie made for each other. And he gives him a, a loving look. Oh, that's so sweet. What occupations? <laughs> and then he's gonna be like shit, and like kind of like slap him a little bit. Just say that again. She's like not like a hard like a nudge. She's. I think she thinks he's being rude. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Schmidt is going to uh, react way more violently because uh, he's milking his burns. Yeah. So she yeah, like yeah. gives him a little like push, and he's like, ah. Yeah, Maxie says, well. It's funny. We were both, shall we say, uh, businessmen, and we were very concerned with uh, ecology and the environment. And Maxie says, uh, Archie says, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And that's how we met, is because we had very different ideas about uh, what should be done with the environment. And Maxie says, mm hmm, mm hmm, indeed, indeed. And uh, we perhaps were trifling with uh, Pokemon powers that we perhaps shouldn't have been. And Archie says, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were messing around with stuff that we should absolutely not have been messing around with. But I think it's those incredible forces of nature that brought us together. And Maxie says, oh, yes, I think that is entirely true. I think if we weren't such stubborn rivals, we never would have had this life. And Archie says, exactly. And they, he, he raises up his empty water bottle for like a toast. And Maxie shakes his head because it's so uncivilized. And he lifts up his teacup and he takes a sip. And Archie puts the bottle to his mouth, despite the fact that it's empty and it's all like crumpled up. It's their juxtaposition is very funny. Archie is very large and very muscular, and he's like hardly wearing any clothing. Uh, Maxie's very reserved and very slender, and he is just cautiously looking at the tea and looking at the newspaper and enjoying his conversation so far. But it seems like they are being cagey. It seems like they are not revealing all of their details. Uh, members of this of the Quacko Paco are welcome to make checks or ask them questions or do other things, uh, but. They've kind of reached a lull in their conversation where they're looking at each other very cutely, but they don't really want to say anything else. But who knows what the Quacko Paco can pull up. Well, someone, people had some pretty good perception checks they could ask questions about. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll point to the flags and be like, those are some really cool flags. Maxie says, indeed, they are. And Archie looks at Cindy right in the eyes and he says, which one's your favorite? <laughs> ha, hmm, hmm. I'm dying. I've on definitely the seen the blue enough. one before. He says, ha, I knew it. Are you are you from the Hoenn region? Are you, are you from around here? Yeah. He says, ah, one of us. And he like reaches out a giant veiny muscular hand to shake your hand. I shake his hand. Great. He's going to make one of us. Gonna like make a... Hoennian. I'm a Hoennian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not so like... like uh... <laughs> Uh, sus chart to move it up. <laughs> you were already number one. How do you get any higher than that? <laughs> zero, baby. S tier sus. S -tier Let's go. He's going to make a check of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, as he grasps Cindy's hand, he kind of looks her in the eyes, and there's like a spark of like he is thinking something, 
but then his eyes kind of return to like you know if, if you could read his thoughts you would be thinking that he's like oh no i'm not that crazy no there's no way and then he goes back to his seat and he uh continues the the pleasant conversation symmetra is here and she is uh she knows what's going on she's aware of where she is and she is definitely exhibiting some nervous energy so she knows who they are <laughs> yeah she is she passed her check she knows for sure okay. <laughs> would now be a bad time to pull out the picture of my parents no for no reason for no reason. well i mentioned this i've seen the blue, blue flag before <laughs> that's, sure. that's your conversation how you want to live your yep. life that's, i feel like because archie was like kind of being like hmm no, there's no way. I saw the symbol because my parents had it before. <laughs> can I do? Can I like show him the the picture of my parents discreetly? You can try. Uh, okay, I guess I didn't explain this necessarily. There's this big table. There's a mantle. Um, the table's in the middle of the room. The mantle's to the north. I'm picturing there are two large chairs to the left and the right of the table. Maxie's on the left. Archie's on the right. There's a big couch. The five of you are on the couch that's south of the table. That's below the table. That's my mental map right now. Um, regardless of your position, you can definitely do something discreetly, but it's going to require a stealth check. I don't really care where you're seated. Um, you're going to have to stealth fine. it. Because I figure I just shook his hand, so I'm close enough. Do you want to like slip it into his hand retroactively? I don't think she would have done that. Yeah, I don't think she would have. That might be too much. She's not that clever. Uh, stealth... Plus one, 15. 15, sure. Maxi continues looking over at the newspaper. And he kind of is talking to the group and he looks at the photograph and he says, well, I, I see four of you here, but, uh, you know, there's there's five of you with us enjoying these snacks. Uh, who's missing? This aerial shot isn't very close. And he, like, puts his glasses back on and he gets his face really, really close to it. In the meantime, uh, Cindy somehow... Without drawing the attention of really anyone else, perhaps a couple of the Quacko Paco see it out of the corner of their eye, slips a photograph to Archie, um, and he will begin to inspect it. But Maxie's expecting a response to his question first. You said there's only four of us in the picture? Mm-hmm. Well, like, it, situated in how the caption describes the Quacko Paco. Oh. Not an official member of the Quacko Paco, but she's a good friend of ours. As you say that, he Maxi makes eye contact with Symmetra, and she is like holding on to a little camera up hump, but she's like only taking a nibble out of it. And she says, "Hello, yeah, uh, this group was kind enough to let me on on their journeys. They're actually escorting me to Meteor Falls right now. Um, there's something big happening." And uh, Maxi says, "Oh yes, yeah, it's it's the what what is their their clan called? Uh, I, I met one of their members once. What was her name? Zinnia. Yes, 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 yes. There was a, they had a leader, and and he kind of goes off and he's trailing into a story about something. And he gets very excited because it involves legends and mythology. And as he's speaking, Archie goes, "What?" And he looks at the photo. And he looks back at Cindy and he says, where did you get this photo? Uh, they're my parents. If he was consuming any liquid, he would do a spit take. And he says, River and Beckett are your parents? And uh, Maxie feels like, shh, quiet. I'm trying to, trying to tell a story here. Um, but Archie is looking directly at Cindy and he is like freaking out. Yeah, they're my parents. He lets out a hearty chuckle. He says, ha, 
<laughs> and he's just cackling and Maxie's just kind of murmuring to himself and he's like yes the, the the dragon tribe and meteor falls and he just keeps rambling and um he's like basically he's talking to himself right now and he uh is actually looking over at a bookshelf and he starts to stand up and walk over there because there's a book that he wants to pick out um archie says that is so silly i can't believe the child of reverend beckett is in our home right now that's incredible i always thought they had a kid but they they never talked about it but they were just so in love and there were rumors in the ranks and oh and then he kind of realizes that maybe he said too much <laughs> yeah well i mean the party knows that my parents are team aqua so like they're if they didn't know they now know oh yeah it's pretty clear uh at, yeah. at this rate i i think everyone should probably be aware um by now. Ah, so your business was <laughs> team Aqua. Alex, <laughs> don't call them out. They're living their best gay life. <laughs> I, like, I don't think Elodie even cares. Like, she's just happy for them. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. Um, Cindy's happy for them. Even though she, like, hates the fact that her parents were involved in a crime organization. Uh, Maxie's still off in his own world. He's talking about mythology. It's his favorite subject. Um, and Archie says yeah you gotta sort it out i guess the 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 big old flags we have behind you wasn't enough of a giveaway was it yes uh it's true um i suppose if not all of you are from hoenn you may not know but uh me and archibald here or sorry he is archibald <laughs> me and maximilian here are, are doing our best to live a quiet life after we've uh you know pay our debt back to society after we might have ruffled some feathers about 15 years ago it was really really not a huge deal um, and Ma Maxie in the corner is like, Archibald, you know it was an enormous deal. You know what we've done. And uh, Archie says, No, no, no. It, it was just, it was a, it was just a little thing, just a little, little party in in Sutopolis. It really wasn't a big deal. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I think I saw you guys on the news a long time ago. <laughs> party in Sutopolis. What they gonna do? <laughs> um, Archie said, You know, it's really funny because. I feel like now that the truth is out there, just l let me explain this a little bit. And Maxie's like, oh, he's going off on one of his stories again. Archie says, I always knew that River and Beckett had some sort of mystery and they they were they always pretended like they were so interested in our mission and our ambitions. And they, they were always talking about the ocean and Kyogre and they wanted all of these things. And I, I just it's just amazing that they have a child and they just never mentioned it. It's so interesting. Schmidt is like visibly uncomfortable in the situation. And then I think Schmidt also recognizes Sam is visibly uncomfortable in the situation. Uh -huh. So he just kind of like casually like gets up and walks up to Sam. It's like, hey, you want to get out of here? How so does Cindy say that uh, she wasn't born 15 years ago? <laughs> that's up to Cindy. Uh, first, know. before Cindy does that, um, Symmetra says, uh, yeah, sure. And do you get up to like try and leave? Yeah. All right. Um, as you do so, you're intercepted by Maxie. And Maxie says, oh, c come take a look at this. I even forgot I had this book. You two would love this. And he wants to usher you over to the bookshelf. All right. Yeah, I guess. Okay, great. Um, so he distracts you for a little bit longer. But Cindy, what were you doing? I kind of whisper like, uh, I'm only 14. So that might be why... Uh... Uh, you didn't know. Roll, roll a stealth for that. If you were trying to whisper it, if you're not, then that's fine. I trying to keep it from the rest of the party. Yeah. Yeah, because they think I'm an adult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fifteen yep. again. 
Okay. Totally by you're an adult. Okay, I didn't think she was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> the truth has been revealed. <laughs> She's visibly a child. <laughs> She's young, behaviorally young. a child. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she had a gun. What? Okay. She has like, hands. God. What do you mean? Like anyone can pick up a gun. She's like, setting people on fire left and right. Yeah, she's still it's reckless abandon. Oh my god. It's she's an innocent child. She's a demon child, but she's still a child. <laughs> demon child who'd had bad parents. I mean, what'd you expect? Yeah, like she had crime parents. Of course she's all yeet energy. Anyways. Uh Archie's eyes kind of get wide. He says, Oh, Okay, yeah, that that checks out. So, wow, they they must have consummated right after they met Kyogre. And he like is like thinking about uh, how... that's really inspired it. I think Cindy looks <laughs> visibly no, it's been We're gonna get out of here. Cindy looks visibly you know, uncomfortable. They must have consummated after they met Kyogre. Oh, Archie! Yeah, Maxie Maxi gives a look to Archie like. Maxi like trying to add the years. Oh yeah, Maxi looks at Archie like like gives give uh, stabbing daggers of a look like that was a, an inpro- inappropriate thing to say, but Archie doesn't really pick up on it, especially um, to a child. <laughs> yeah, uh, our, so yeah, so we can have Schmidt and Symmetra are like kind of like trying to waddle past Maxi, and uh, they can they can do uh, they can do a dex check for that. Not like a dangerous dex check, but um, Max is a little distracted with Archie being rude right now. Like a stealth check? Yeah, like a, it's kind of stealth. Like it's, it's, social it's, stealth check? Social stealth, yeah. Irish goodbye yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I got yeah, a nat one Irish on the die. <laughs> What'd you get? I got a nat one on the die. Yeah. you. Hoggers, uh, you'll listen to this story, bud. <laughs> yeah. you, you trip on the carpet a little bit and Maxie, like catches you a little. Um while his arms are slender, he has some strength. He he managed to, and you're you're quite tall, and you're you're impressed that he managed to get you. But you're not escaping at this point. Um, Does are, he like visibly grab me? He he gently. He's a, he's a gentle man. Okay, just any sort of grab. I'm just gonna like wince from pain. Okay, understood. Um, <laughs> I want Elodie to do a thing. Elodie, perception me. Got you. Fifteen. That's good enough. Um, Elodie, being a woman of fashion and glamour, looks at certain things in a certain way, and she admires good jewelry. She observes that uh, as Maxie's hand reaches out to catch Schmidt, she sees in the corner of his eye that he is wearing a beautiful, illustrious blue band on his ring finger. And she turns over and looks at Archie and sees that he has a glowing, shining red band. On his ring finger. So cute. Um, They're married. Yeah. Archie says, okay, so we, we all know about Timaco and all the Rayquaza. We, we know all the stuff that happened on that day. But but I just want to say that River and Beckett, they could never drop the shtick. After I said I was dissolving and then that other company, whatever, Team GRN came in and they said that they wanted to recruit all of our guys. They just wouldn't give up. It's like it's like they met they met Kyogre and it, it actually and he thinks back he's like they came through here just two weeks ago didn't they Maxie and he says yes I remember them well, what does that have to do with anything 
he says, yeah, yeah, they're coming through and they wanted to say something to me and they're just so silly. I didn't want to give them the time of day. It's just it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because of their uh, choices, I was actually raised by my grandparents, but yeah. Uh, Archie looks at Cindy and says, well, they must be wonderful yeah. people because you turned out great. Thanks. Uh, Maxie, who is a little more socially aware acknowledges that it seems like everyone's feeling kind of tense. Um, and he says, Archie, I, I, I think you might want to change the subject or, uh, you know, if if I've enjoyed having all of you guests and you may grab some treats, but I feel like maybe you're in a hurry to get somewhere. I mean, Cindy's thrilled. She is she is not worried about anything at all. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, this is great. Thanks. This has been awesome. <laughs> Archie doesn't believe it. He's like, they just got here. They they love spending time with us. We have a great place. We need guests more often. <laughs> just trying to decide how to react to this. Mm -hmm. um, Take your time. So what about this book Max he found? I want to hear about this book. He's yeah, I still we haven't <laughs> I still crit failed the stealth check, so I guess I have to. Yeah. Um yeah. Maxi at the moment is not holding a book because he caught Schmidt, but uh, he may go resume to looking at it depending on where the discourse, the social discourse goes. I just want to point out maybe metagaming too much, but like <laughs> they just said, yeah, Cindy's parents came through a couple weeks ago to talk to him and did not react at all. Well, we knew that they'd been through about two weeks ago because we asked at the, uh, the house, the where we stayed, the rest house. We could still ask about it. So they, they came and they visited you guys? Archie thinks back. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. They came through and they wanted to talk to me about something. They they wanted some information and they, they kept saying, oh, this is way better than the red orb. We know it. We know it. And I, I looked at them and I said, yeah, obviously the red orb was a total failure. You were there. You know what happened. And and uh, they said, no, we, we know it for sure this time. We're, we're, we're going to make it happen this time. And I just thought they were being incredibly just ridiculous like they always have been. They're just so silly. And Archie's rambling on about how this couple is so absurd. And Maxie was like, yeah, the, the, the uniforms that they were wearing were not very fashionable. Were they black with an NRG logo on them? Archie was said, "Yeah, of course. Well, we sold out all of our recruits to to to, to GRN when they came through, and after that, that Sutopolis party happened, right? Right, Maxi? And Maxi's like, it wasn't a party; it was an incredible cataclysm. And um." And, Are you and sure it was what? GRN? <laughs> Archie's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And Maxie's just shaking his head no. What was better than the blue orb? Archie's thinking back. He says, uh, well, no, no, no. So funny story, actually. And he raises his hand and he kind of like looks at his ring finger and he says, there's kind of a reason why we decided to get these rings in the way that we did. And, you know, I'm more of a blue guy, but, you know. I just love Maxie so much. I had to. We did. We did a little color swap. It's very cute. Regardless, that is cute. part part of how all of this happened with Team Aqua and Team Magma and all of these incredible strong Pokemon and Maxie's like their legendary Pokemon. Uh, Archie says, "Well, there was this once upon a time. I'll make it brief, as brief as I can." And Maxie says, "These are never brief." 
Archie says, we went to Mount Pyre and we knew that there were these magical orbs up there and they would control the legendary Pokemon that lived in Hoenn. And we just we were there at the same time. And I went to go grab the one that was closest to me. And it was the red orb and Team Aqua. I guess I was Team Aqua. I was the leader at the time. I was like, obviously, this will control Kyogre. It'll be great. We will achieve our dreams. And Maxi just went with the only one that was left, which was the blue orb. And it turned out that we had made a big mistake. Maxi thinks and he says, well, it might have been a bigger mistake if we got the correct ones. And Archie says, what do you mean? And then he thinks for a minute and he says, well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe we wouldn't have ended up like this if we had chosen the proper ones. Archie says, regardless, yeah, so they were talking about how the red orb did, was obviously not successful. And they said that they are, found a way and they're going to meet Kyogre again. It's been their biggest ambition. And they, they, I, I'm not, I just don't remember. They were just being hysterical, honestly. Hmm. Do you know where they went to? Archie thinks and he says, Well, I I don't keep up with with Team GRN's prerogative or anything. I'm I'm not sure what their goals are, what their missions are. We just wanted to get away from the life as soon as we could and settle down here, which was a, a great decision. But they said that they wanted to check in with me and that they were going to go to Mossadeep. Yes, yes, they were going to go to Mossadeep. I don't know what's over there, but that's where they decided they were going to go. And I, I honestly, frankly, knowing River and Beckett for so long, I don't think they're going to succeed at whatever they're they're trying to do. And I definitely don't think that's part of Team RNG's goals, but they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out, I'm sure. You'll figure it out. Uh, good, good to know. Archie says, when when we handed off our recruits to Team GRN, we we they explicitly stated that they had no interest in in meddling with our these these super cool Pokemon that we summoned. And Maxi says they are legendary Pokemon. They are the creators. And he like kind of like rambles on. And Archie says, yeah, yeah, all, all that stuff. Uh, they promised that they wouldn't meddle with them again and that they'd let them have their their rest. And so I'm just I'm curious that River and Beckett are still so obsessed with Kyogre and the way that Archie says Kyogre, he says it very loud. And Max, he's like, Shh, like, don't don't say it so loud. Um, Ar- Ar- Archie says, I just have a hard time believing that uh, when, you know, when we met up with with an NGR that they would still be interested in Kyogre. It's just very surprising to me. He's so close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's some fun information. Yeah. Some good info. So, Max, you haven't finished telling us about the the event that's happening in uh, Meteor Falls. He looks, over, he looks over at Cindy and he says, Oh, well... I, I don't know much about it, to be quite honest. Uh, I was always more intrigued with, with things that were more uh, down-to-earth, so to speak. But uh, a- after the event in Sutopolis, I, I grew a little bit of interest in more of Hoenn's Legends, especially because we met three of them in the same place. And I understand that the, the, the people who live in Meteor Falls are, are many things, but one of the things that they are is that they're the oldest living native residents of the Hoenn region before all of the Pokemon made it accessible to travel and relocate here, which many people do because this is such a wonderful place to live. So not only that, but I also understand that they sincerely revere uh, the the legendary Pokemon that we didn't even know was frankly still still existed in the Hoenn region back on that day fifteen years ago, um, and the, they have a festival every a thousand years or so, or a ceremony so to speak, where they they have their strongest dragon trainers get together and they they have a grand 
tournament of some sort and at the end they they pray fervently that their wishes will be granted and whoever the champion of the tournament is often is supposed to it's all legend but every a thousand years they have their wish granted and that is coming up and i understand that there's quite a bit of interest but i also know that they're very exclusive as to who they let into their borders so that's that's about what i know about the draconid tribe yeah he says of course and archie is like looking at maxi and he's like trying not to snore he thinks it's very boring but those sound really cool maxi says that's where we're going Maxi says, yes, it should be very interesting. I, I, I hope there is no trouble that befalls you on your way there. I imagine that there wouldn't be. You seem like a very hardy group of trainers. Archie says, if one of them's from River and Beckett, I'm not so sure about that one. And he laughs to himself. I am nothing like them. Nice little defiance. Archie's like, oh, OK, we got a spicy one. Excellent. I think Schmidt's going to try to make a stealth check to leave again. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 18? 18? On the die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, efficient in stealth. I crit failed last time, so I didn't add it. Uh, yeah, it's like a dirty 21. Yeah, you observe a great timing as Maxi talks about the Draconid tribe. Um, he kind of turns around, and you are able to sneak out the door if you wish. Uh, cool. Uh, <clears throat> I believe the plan was to uh, grab some Metra. Oh, yeah, she's well. she's with you. Let me see her stealth check. Sick, sick. Um, yeah, she succeeds. So yeah. you two are able to slip out without being noticed, at least by Maxie and Archie. Um, if the party wants to make perception checks to witness it, they have to meet, um, I guess, a dirty 20 or greater. Well, to get Symmetra, they have to get an 18 or greater. But they want to. They may. They uh, will notice perception. after. I got a 19. Okay. Cindy knows you I guys leave. An 18. Okay. Gimli knows you guys leave. Elodie does not. That's fine. <laughs> All right. I think we're pretty much wrapping up anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your hospitality. These treats are lovely. Um, Maxie says, please take some with you. We're not going to have all of these to ourselves. Archie then says, I I had a belly once. I'm not going back to that. (laughs) And he's just like hands off. He's he's just drinking water. Um, Does everyone decide that they are on their way out? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Maxie will be hospitable and open the grand double door for you. And he says, thank you for visiting and thank you for your help with Edward. Archie from the back of the room says, come back anytime. I'd love to chat with you. You guys are great. And uh, you all notice as in front of you already out the door and almost on the other side of the fence is uh, Schmidt and Symmetra. And they're like kind of stealthily like tiptoeing, which is a kind of a funny sight to see because you're all just about to be helped out. Um and they're just sneaking out. It's great. Awesome. Okay. You depart. They wave goodbye. You see Nubal and Carvana in the yard. They're looking at you affectionately. And you are able to leave without trouble. Cool. That was fun. It was interesting. That was a lot. <laughs> nice. What's, uh, what's next for the party? Big hole. Big hole? Big hole. Okay. <laughs> I return a cookie now that we're like out of the house. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, cookies returned. Uh, what's the time frame? Because, I mean, there's a show tonight, right, for the the performing arts place. Yeah, so you got up, let's say, around like 8 a.m. You trekked to Fall Arbor, which you got a little distracted at the farm, so you probably arrived at like 10 or 10.30. 
you kind of spent some time around town. Let's say it's around noon. It's the afternoon. Okay. What was the show time? Does anyone remember? Uh, like seven or something? I don't think I explicitly said, but yeah, it's the evening. It's the evening. Okay. Big hole. <laughs> Big hole. Um, yes, we approach the area that is designated as the Fallville Crawlway. Um, rather than like a vertical hole in the ground, it is kind of just like a mine shaft, um, and it points uh, to the south. Um, there, it is definitely in the ground, and it definitely was carved out by miners and/or Pokemon or whatnot. And uh, it seems like there's a vehicle of some sort that's like parked outside. Uh, it's it's got a strange design. It's not like a car or anything. It seems like it's built to go on some sort of rail or tread or something. And there are trainers that are gathered outside. You can tell that they're trainers because they seem like they're dressed for adventure, and some of them have the Pokemon by their sides, and they're kind of standing in a line to enter the Fallville Crawlway. Should ask them, like, hey, what's this line for? Um, a trainer turns around. He's joined by a Pokemon that doesn't really look real. It is red and blue and resembles a duck, and it is floating, and it seems like it shouldn't belong in this world. It seems like cybernetic in some way. He turns around and says, ah, this is where they put the Marvel City gym. I went to the gym challenge a few days ago, but something happened. They had to move the gym, and apparently there's a big tunnel that connects Fall Arbor to Marvel, so that's why they called this tunnel Fallville, and I guess that's where the gym is right now. I don't know. I just want to get my next badge. And his little round duck Pokemon goes, and makes a sound like that. Can you make the noise again, please? Yeah, what was that sound? It was... Pretty accurate. Perfect. Yep. That's was, that was good. He, this trainer says, we've been in this line for like an hour. I don't know how long it's going to take. I guess there's a lot of challengers around here. I'm glad they have a backup spot for the gym, but it was kind of hard to get here. You had to either go through the volcano or you had to go through the desert. It was a mess. Oh, yeah, we know. And we did both. <laughs> Technically. He says, wow, you must be pretty good trainers. Sure. Of we'll course. <laughs> I think we're all right, yeah. He says, yeah, at this rate, I don't know how many more trainers they're going to fit in. And it's true. In front of him, there's probably like 30 or 40 people that are waiting to enter this place. Well, I guess we got to hold off on the gym challenge, gang, because they seem a little occupied. Yeah, we'd probably wait until tomorrow-ish. The trainer says, before you go, I'll tell you what I heard through the grapevine or through the, the lawn line at this gym. I heard that the, the, the gym leader uses Electro-type Pokemon, and he uses some sort of field effect where you have to be ready to switch your Pokemon all of the time. So when you come to challenge tomorrow, that's the rumor. You should be prepared for that. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that. Good to know. Thanks. He says, yeah, of course. Friend. Trainers helping trainers. It's what we do. And the duck goes, blah, blah. <laughs> uh can we get that one again? <laughs> yep, uh, yep. <laughs> Hold that again. So yes, the Fallville Crawlway seems very occupied. There is in fact a little sign that's very hard to make out, but it's dangling from the, the top of the entrance and it says Mauville Gym temporarily here. And all these trainers really want their badge. Oh, I see. I get a Schmetten. Who's who's Pokemon are out right now? Uh, Quacko. I think that's the only one from Schmidt. Just yeah. Quacko. Yeah. Okay. What Quacko doesn't have any scent. Who Bean? Larvastar's in my bag. Um, Bean is in your overalls. 
Um, I mean, Bean has a Pokeball now, but yeah, I keep Bean in my overall still. Does he have any senses? Let me see. Do he has Tremor Sense? His Tremor Sense? Okay, yeah, roll a perception for him. Sure. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's going to get bashed. That's what's happening right now. Uh, Bean rolled a 10. Okay. He is staring into the mine, just down, and he seems very curious. That's all. Okay. He's not very, like, he's not full of expression, as you know, but, uh, yeah, he's... Right. He, he is he wants to be in there okay yeah, we'll get a net bean i'll pat his head a little bit what's next for the party as always thank you so much for listening to dunsmarts and drampa and a special thanks to our newest patron nya hoarder have you ever wanted to listen to the party talk about their adventures right after they happen in a little reflective post-show discussion for a low price of $5 a month, you can join our Patreon and support us, keep the show running, help us pay our editor, and get access to lots of bonus content, including post-show discussions for every group episode, as well as fun extra little things like an AI-generated movie script that we're reading out loud to each other. Very funny, very silly times. If this interests you, link to Patreon and all of our other socials is available at linktree slash dunsparse, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash dunsparse. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying the podcast, and we'll see See you next Tuesday. Um, That's the episode the title. No. And they were roommates. And they were oh roommates. my god, they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> this is delightful. This is amazing.